we're recording. Yes, we are recording indeed. Um, hello. Hello. Um, sorry we took a week off. Uh, stuff happened. Yes. And we will be taking another break after this episode due to uh, important projects in my life taking a, a front seat. Yeah. Uh, as I say, do you want to tell the people what your project is or... Um, it's my dissertation at university, if you know what that is. Um, it's um, it's a play that I'm performing, and I have to do it um, next week. Um, we're recording this episode on the 21st of March, and I have to perform it on the 29th. Um, and then after that, I'm going to be going away on a holiday. So, yeah, we won't have much time to really sit down and talk Taskmaster. <laughs> Yeah, so, where, where yeah. are you going uh, this time? You going on a Spain on the slow bus to Spain instead of the slow bus to China or Croatia? You went we to Croatia went last time. Yeah, why would we take a bus to China? Okay, first of all, it's a common figure of speech, and also you could. Apparently, airplanes do not exist in your travel plans. Well, I think they just want to take the cheapest mode of transport possible. Ryanair will get you there for three pounds and then and then call you slurs at the same time. You've been watching a lot of Mot the Week, haven't you? I mean, Ryanair's noted lack of customer service is available at many different... Look, is, is not just Mock the Week fodder. But yes, also Rip's Mock the Week. Um... Shall we talk Taskmaster? Yes, we shall. There, Taskmaster Series Seven, Episode Five. Well, there, a lot of soup. There have also been Taskmaster news announcements as well. Uh, oh, we, oh yes. So uh, they did. So during the most during a um, recent uh, AMA on Reddit, Alex Horn did reveal that uh, Taskmaster, which let us remind everyone that Taskmaster is only currently in season 15 has been approved up to season 21 which is uh which is quite the quite a large order for a series which is uh i i'm very impressed with well i think the surely the decision to channel move it to channel 4 was a good one i it surely they will have run out of contestants at some point well there's that's how many contestants is that that's 30 more contestants sure you could you can cherry pick some yeah yes most likely they will um that does mean that some people have pointed out we're getting closer and closer to champion of champion of champions and then um other news is that we are getting junior taskmaster on yeah, channel so four, gonna, uh, kids between the ages of nine and eleven. Yeah, there will get to, and there will be new hosts, not said who. And um, but da, 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 what else? Um, I assume it'll obviously be shown earlier in the day. Yeah, and then and, um, I don't think it'll be like um an ongoing series with the same five kids. I think they'd have like one episode. For one group of five maybe not even five there might be four or something but it'll be probably like one episode with one group of kids and the next episode will be an entirely different group yeah yeah no i can't i can't um think of who else would be doing this but uh i could see a previous taskmaster contestant being the taskmaster it doesn't make sense to oh, have that's... not have Alex Horn as the Taskmaster's assistant, in my opinion. That's true. I remembered what else I was going to say. People, I saw this on Reddit again because it was in the Reddit AMA, and people were posting links to Mark Watson's Twitter account where he wanted, like, uh, obviously Alex said he doesn't want to. Oh, do, I think I saw this. A runner-up of runners-up. He, he didn't because Alex, do, yeah, Alex doesn't want to do like champion of champ, uh, not champion of champion, champion of losers. But Mark Watson's like, what if we had like. <laughs> A, a champion of the runners up like the like a bunch a of runners sec- up of the runners up and you had to compete to come second yes of the second place finishers of each season that's quite interesting because it 
it means you play the game differently. Because if it's like a loser of losers and the goal was to come last, that'd be so e that'd be so easy to be boring. Well, I would almost want the but loser to of losers to be like the the hardest. Like you, they have to win, but they're all incompetent. Yeah, but it's called a loser of losers. It, the, a champion of losers is what you're thinking. Champion of losers is what I would want. Mm. I think the runner runners up of runners up idea is quite interesting because it completely changes the way you'd play the game. Instead of trying to mm -hmm. be the best, you have to think, okay, I don't want to be the best, but I don't want to be the worst either. It's like, you know what? They have tasks that say, draw the median duck or the second yeah. longest snake. Actually, they, sort of they are doing something similar to this for uh, Stormester, actually. It's called uh, Another Chance, which is like a four-episode mini-season featuring previous contestants who are giving being given a chance to redeem themselves. That's coming Sorry, out. I was just having a drink. That's coming out sometime in um, early 2023. 20, then um, um, other Taskmaster news. Uh, director Savmira. Antonson has been. Oh, I was going to say director Savmira is getting a season two. It's going to air sometime. No, this soon. I have. I have the. I have the most important bit of news. And Atle Antonson has been reinstated as the Kongan in Kongan Bafala. Really? How did that happen? Um, I don't know the full logistics of it, but apparently they just said they don't believe in cancelling people, and they think people deserve another chance. Interesting, because I would have thought that, uh, that, um, oh god, I can't even pronounce his name, it's got Nordic umlauts, Bord? Bord? Bord Yelvasaka. Yeah, I thought that he was gonna be in there full time, but if I, can you, se can you send me a news article to that? Because I haven't heard of that. Um, you'll have to give me a second. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, While well, we go through the the list of... Well, we go through I the, guess this means you have to go through the prize task. Um, I can wait a moment, because I really wanted to do uh, task one. Or we can... Um, you can send me this later. And when, in the miracle... That's, that's a better idea. In the miracle of not being in this, in not being in the podcast all the time. All right. Um, yeah, in the meantime, shall we talk the... Series 7, episode 5, a lot of soup. Yep. Uh, see, see. After this, we'll be halfway through the series. Yeah, this is, uh, this, that, this episode aired October 3rd, 2018. Is that October 3rd or is that March 3rd? Why does European dates go the other way around? How are you getting October the 3rd confused with March the 3rd? Because it's written on taskmaster.info as 03 slash 10 slash 2018. And if we're going to have one of I those... Assume it's, I assume it's the UK date for me. I, so I think it'll be March 10th. Okay. No, not March the 10th. I... The 3rd of October, I think. Yes, that is what I was thinking because in the US it is written month day year and in the rest of the world it's written day month year yeah it the series 7 aired from september to november 2018 so october so. 10th 2018 why does the rest of the world do it wrong the rest of the world you're the only country that puts them i first. don't give a shit you're doing it wrong that's what all the americans say there's more of us than you and if there's not we'll figure it out there are more Europeans than Americans. Yeah, but you're all like yelling at each other about not being each other's nationalities. The Americans are all just here. Let's talk the prize talk. Yes, yes. The actually, worst gift. Actually, before we do that, we uh we have to talk about Alex, <laughs> Alex and Greg's banter for once, because Alex tries to do truth or dare. And it's actually really funny because I do not think he scripted this. Is he pulls out a dog biscuit for some reason, and it's like truth or dare, and then Greg takes the dog biscuit from him and goes truth or dare, and Alex like sits there spluttering for a second, going like uh, I I don't know what truth, and Greg says eat this dog biscuit. And Alex goes, that's not how it works, uh, dare. And Greg says, again, eat this dog biscuit. And Alex does for some fucking reason. I don't, maybe it wasn't a real dog biscuit. It looked real. Like, Surely it doesn't taste that bad for a human. I don't know. Look, man, I, 
listen, I've we've said this before. Alex Horn either is more invested in committing to the bit than I have ever been invested to anything in my life, or he really, really, really wants to integrate his humiliation fetish into his day-to-day existence. Well, you know what Alex Horn's like. I don't I don't actually. I don't know. Because he plays a character. He plays the character of little Alex Horn, the assistant. But you, you gotta just like look at this sometimes and be like, is is this an act? Is this just dedication to the craft, or are you actually doing this because you kind of enjoy it? Because I I would not be doing this if I were the assistant. I would just not like the assist like if if I were the assistant and someone tried to pull any of the shit that's done to him in that show, I would turn into like less horrible Lisa Lampanelli going back to Taskmaster USA. Like I would just start verbal That's a throwback. I would just start verbally abusing the people who asked me to do stupid and demeaning things. And so I just I I cannot fathom that Alex is doing this just for the bit. Can we progress to the yes, prize task? Yes, please. Yes, fine. Okay, so the prize task is the worst gift from a relative. A named and relative. Named relative, whatever. Uh, I have notes. Uh Rod is first and he's brought in uh, a little castle ornament that Greg gave to Rod's wife, which she then gave to Rod. Wait. So basically it's a triangle that, to get the castle back to Greg. And he got that less than two weeks. Greg gave that less than two weeks ago, which led to the great line from Rod. What did you expect her to do? Treasure it? <laughs> it does look like a really bad piece it's like a castle that you would put in a fish tank except it's clearly intended to like hold tea light style candles it looks like the sort of thing you'd buy at a castle in like france or germany i don't know where you'd buy this from a strange (laughs) jess Jess is is iconic jess is iconic yes yes it is jess has uh, brought in a pair of long opera gloves and a feather boa, which she was given by her to her, her mum to wear to a school disco when she was 14. The senior school and disco. Senior school disco, whatever the hell. Um, and what we've learned firsthand is that you wear uh, long opera gloves and a feather boa, you don't get fingered at the dance. At Yes, this self-described sartorial nightmare is, in fact, a anti-aphrodisiac as it turns out although i'm sure that her best friend nell uh enjoyed this much more than than uh jess did because nell apparently received the affections of hmm. jess's paramour and uh as for and james a who appeared to be james a caster apparently uh as yes going with that bit that's it, that is probably my favorite line of the show my, my fa- wife now. my favorite bit from this not is, of this series is the series. is the line right before that from this whole bit about this thing is uh what about when where's nell now and jess just goes nell's happy and and then james just opened up with my i got this from my wife now which his wife is not named now in case anyone doesn't he know doesn't, like, doesn't have a wife. like i did because i had to google that for a second you you didn't know that he was joking. I okay, listen. That line is so good. It's so per- I know it's, so it's perfectly a joke. timed. That being said, I didn't know anything about James Acaster's home life. It could, and also every time I learn something about Britain, about these people in these comedy shows, it always turns out they all went to the same Footlights drama. Academy and Upper Twaddlington on fuckwit and it's always like they all know each other so it's not the worst possible leap to make okay I I was honestly going to suggest a a title for this episode 
But Upper Twaddlington might have knocked it aside. Upper Twaddlington on fuckwit. <laughs> I don't think we could put fuckwit in the title. I think but... we could. I. I... <laughs> anyway, I want to get to yes. the uh, title because we love acronyms on this channel, and I will get to that in a bit. Um, who's it? So James, James um, uh, James A. Costa doesn't have a wife called Nell or a wife at all. What he's brought in is a calendar made for him by his five-year-old nephew at the time, and on the the header for each month, he, he's written a different um, joke. Uh, like what did one broccoli say to the other? You stink because you got poo in your face. Yeah, which is not great comedy. I but also it's not. Bad. I think if James A. Costa said it, it would be funny. I was just saying, like, it's, if it's he said not, it in a comedy routine. It's not bad. And actually, everybody else is going like, yeah, yeah, that's not a bad gag. So uh, so who knows? I, I That would be funny, though. Like, if, if James A. Costa just delivered that joke in the middle of a set, I think it would get a laugh. Because it's just, it's so him mm-hmm. to just, like, say something so left field. It It's not the um, worst joke I've ever heard. Yeah, that would be your life. Oh, not mine. Now, you, you have to let it sit, because this is probably the part where I play the oh sound effect. Yeah. I think the funniest joke I'll ever hear is whatever experience happens to you in that fat camp in the Poconos, it's going to be an epic story of you getting almost eaten by someone. Are you are you suggesting that they're so fat that they eat people? I don't. Okay, it's rural Pennsylvania. <laughs> I don't know what it's going to be like, but it's either going. Is to, that how hungry Americans are? It's when either no food, going to be like other. Deliverance, or what was that one movie with Harrison Ford and the Amish? Uh, or it's going to be like Deliverance, or Witness, or or Tucker and Dale versus Evil. I don't, it's going to be one of those things, and I'm just going to have to drive to Pennsylvania to, like, drag you out of whatever hellhole that it's turned out to be. Can we talk about Carrie, please? Yes. Yes, I am. Yes. That, that does not answer my question, Why don't? yes. Yes, yes, we can. Why don't you shut up? <laughs> That's, <laughs> you illiterate piece of shit. Um mm-hmm. Save that. So Kerry has brought in uh, Dreamcatcher Ying Yang dangly earrings, according to her, gifted to her by her mum. Oh, they're so hippy dippy. <laughs> this is the sort of thing you would wear to Woodstock or something. This is the sort of thing that somebody would wear thirty years after Woodstock when they're trying to look hippy dippy. That's probably a better way of putting it. Um, there's not much to say about them. They're, they're, they're just... just very bad. Yeah, but not as bad as Phil, who completely misunderstood the point of the task. I I would say that Phil understood the task. He just he it, failed the task successfully. In the he did it in the exact same way that um, Nish Kumar did the Sudoku. He understood the task, and then he looked at all the successful ways to do it, and then did something stupid. So all right, fair enough. Well, um, be- okay. because he, he accepted this used toilet paper from his sister. because He asked her to get it for him. Though. Yeah, that's well, that's the first one. The first thing that I'd like to note is that he apparently does not get gifts. He asks for favors, like getting things. That's not unreasonable. Like getting things done for him or getting, thi- or getting like taxes paid, which I think is like hilarious because it's just the most boring ass thing you could possibly think of. But... I, but the, he just, the worst present you could receive, he's like, can I have a used piece of toilet paper? And his sister presents it to him. It's hilarious because there's a picture of him, of, of Phil looking like dead inside. And his sister is like standing there, almost like a goblin presenting this to them. Here you go. In in her (laughs) open hand. It's dumb. It's dumb. It's, it's not stupid. It's. It, and a great point is immediately made by James, which is that this is actually a great gift because he asked for it and got exactly what he asked for. <laughs> and that is that is the moment that Phil started his downfall in this task. Mm-hmm. 
and across this episode mostly. Oh my god, um, Phil's scores were so low. And so, the scores. Phil, um, his gift was shit, pun not intended, but he did ask for it, so it's not really the worst gift if you wanted it, so he gets one point. Uh, James gets two, uh, Kerry three, Rod four, and Jess's horrific uh, school disco get-up gets five. And do we want to drop Taskmaster Joe here? Sure, why not? It's the Taskmaster and his name is Joe and he's gonna tell us what we should know. It's Taskmaster Joe. <gasps> so, first place, I'm gonna put uh, Rod Gilbert's because... Interesting. Because if you've all... If this present has already been re-gifted thrice... It's a bad gift. And more to the point, him presenting the re-gifted present to the original gifter is absurd. Uh, That's very true. Jess's close second. Like, close second. It would have been first, except for the fact that even at age 14, Jess could have chosen not to wear it. Jess, Jess by choosing to wear this, it is partially complicit in her lack of sexual enjoyment that 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 followed so it's so that's a second place uh carrie gets third place because those are just bad but they're not like you know life alteringly bad and then i actually am going to give phil and james dqs because james throughout throughout the entire segment was like kind of trying not to shit on this present because it was given to him by like a five-year-old nephew and also it was kind of good like for a five-year-old to to make this is actually incredible so he really it seemed really like he brought it in more as like to show it off than he did to actually like do anything with it and so it's like that doesn't count and then phil as james pointed out asked for this specifically so it's actually a great present. So that is so DQ. Fair, fair enough. Um. All right. You you wanted to do this. I first I, I did. I did this one. This one's great. This this episode actually really well done. Like like I know that we were sort of low energy on some of the last <clears throat> couple episodes. This we're quite one, low energy here now, and this is relatively. This one was chock a block with good shit. There is a lot of stuff going on here. So so this whole task, this whole episode, but this task specifically, um, so this one is deliver this task to Alex in the most spectacular way. Alex is in his caravan. You have one hour. Your time starts now, which it goes exactly as it sounds. Alex is sitting in the caravan, and they have to deliver the tasks to him. They were in the lab, I think. So yeah, uh, we start with uh, Carrie Godleman, who, like, tries to – who has this idea of doing a Busby Berkeley style dance number, which Busby Berkeley for anyone that's uninitiated is the, is basically like the, either the director or the coordinator for a lot of 1940s, 1950s um, musicals in movies. So like, if you ever see like any of the old, like done in Technicolor or some of them might've been in black and white, like big budget Hollywood films of the forties where they're like gigantic musical numbers going going off all the time that that was busley berkeley Busby berkeley yeah and I, th- I wrote in my notes what the fuck it's it's basic it's basically a uh i know what it is but i mean it's just okay wow, what if you see what i mean what carrie then did did not go as well as Busby Berkeley's effort, because Busley Busby Berkeley did is that how it goes? Yeah, Busby Berkeley did oh, was has a Wikipedia segment that says groundbreaking choreographer, and <laughs> he and he did you know huge nineteen forties era musical numbers, and Carrie Godleman got four members of the staff and herself to dance around in circles as she presented Alex the task on the serving tray, which I think is actually called a cloche. 
Um, yeah. But uh, um, it was called a cloche, and they danced around it, and there was no music. Which, you know, I was thinking maybe bring out a boombox or play something over it because, you know, it's clearly not all... It was entirely a cappella. It was entirely a cappella by Carrie and Carrie alone. It wasn't great. Mildly shit pentatonics. Yeah. And, uh, oh yeah, I'm I'm on Busby Berkeley's Wikipedia page. Some of the song choreography, he's... Some of the musical numbers he's done within films have their own Wikipedia pages. So, and meanwhile, Mm. Carrie has this. It's very disappointing. It's very not great. And although I will say... It is, for lack of a better term, as we Brits would say, pure shite. I, I will say Greg is much harsher on this than I was. because I, watched... I think it's because he knows Kerry's track record yeah, really well. Yeah, Kerry... And because if we keep watching, this, if there's like some allegations of Kerry being uh, favorited by Greg too much. Yeah, like actually I watched this and I was like, that's a solid third placer. But Greg, Greg views it as one of the worst ones he's seen. So it, uh, it does go into it. Spoiler alert: it will go into last place when he scores it. Um, next up, we have the man sitting next to. We have the man sitting next Ross. to Phil Wang, Rod Gilbert, who, um, again, who Rod Gilbert can only ever likes to can likes only to cause- ever be Rod Gilbert. So Rod Gilbert presents. Alex with a metal trash can in inside of which is a helmet safety glasses and a roll of toilet paper he instructs him to use the lid of the trash can as a shield and stand inside it at the far end of the caravan Rod Gilbert then spears the task through a javelin and throws it through the door of the caravan so hard it goes out the 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 other side of the caravan which I think the best part of this is that Alex genuinely has no idea what is going on and is genuinely scared when the caravan abruptly enters, when the javelin abruptly enters the caravan. It is très magnifique, as the French would say. I, I do really enjoy, enjoy this one. This is actually this one. When I watched this, I was thinking about what I would do, and I watched what Rod did, and I was thinking what I would probably end up doing, if they let me, would be basically a cut the caravan in half while Alex was in it, and like with with like giant circular saws, and then as the caravan falls apart, present it to him, and if they wouldn't let me do that, it would have to be like some sort of like you know police raid on the caravan <laughs> at the end of it present Alex with the task but what I would what I would do is I would um put on like a, a j- fancy suit like a James Bond suit and uh the taskmaster house surely has like a green screen room or something mm-hmm. um because we've seen it before what I would do is I would stand in, record a separate piece of footage in front of this green screen where I'm walking like away from uh, a bunch of explosions, James Bond style, and then it just cuts to me casually walking up to the caravan and giving Alex the thing. Yeah. Right. And then anyway, up uh, next we have we... an undriven James wheel that is designed to be attached to the bottom of a larger object to enable that object to be moved. It's a caster. And, uh, and so James, on the uh, other hand, does... He, wants, he gets everything immediately. He gets right? everything he asked for and he gets including music. So James James starts out with music. And a cameo to rival um Sharknado. Yeah, I'd say it's anything not watching television is better than Sharknado, but um any well, what would be a great thing that has amazing cameos? Probably the many times that uh Al has shown up in Taskmaster since we probably- No, not Task doesn't matter. Um but- one of the greatest cameos known to mankind. Shit, man, I don't know. But uh But anyway, get, um, anyways, um what happens here A production crew member dressed as Santa who, honest to God, looks like he's having the time of his life. Yeah, he apparently uh was dancing in Carrie's thing too, and he danced better here, much to Carrie's um irritation. But it starts out with music playing. Uh James then knocks on the door 
opens the Alex goes out of the caravan and then James pulls a string. And I really wish that he'd pulled the string about two seconds earlier because there's a box of confetti on the roof of the caravan that he pulls down and it bumps Alex on the like back of his shoulders as it falls down. And if he'd been about a half step behind, it would have landed squarely upside down on his head, which I really wish you can't have it all. I really wish that had happened. Um, there's a dancing Santa. There's fireworks going on behind the statue of Ollie, the knight uh, that James, we saw in the last one. And then James and Santa are losing their minds dancing. Yes. And then um, you should see it on two times the speed. It's even funny. Oh, James is goodness. And then, of course, like, like, we like, get a uh, and then we a get cameo, the task the cameo delivered to by former Taskmaster alum and uh, current model for eye protection safety signs, uh, Richard Osman, who delivers the task, says his own name into the camera and then disappears into the night. Yeah, uh, he just pieces out. It's uh, it's really good. It's really good. Uh, Carrie does complain that she doesn't get fireworks but the fact that that postman was not al murray makes me genuinely surprised i guess maybe well, it was like the no one, one was al murray maybe it was the one day that al had something else to do but uh anyways carrie carrie is annoyed because she wanted fireworks and could not get them apparently they were given an hour to uh they were given like an hour to prep this before they did this and uh, Carrie apparently asked for fireworks at the end of the hour, as opposed to James asking for everything beforehand. Uh, also, apparently the fireworks could be done. They made some special note of it being November 2nd, which is near enough to fireworks night, I guess. Yeah, or bonfire so, night. fireworks would be in quite high, high demand at that point. Yeah. Although it's sort of such a dead holiday now. Um. I don't know enough about it to comment, but um, well, anyway. I think it's just because like it's a holiday that celebrated the burning of a human being live. So the concept of fireworks is sort of just like whenever, yeah, whenever it's a whenever it's a clear, unraining night, yeah, for a random special occasion. That's sort of what it's come to now. Yeah, and then um, uh, next up we have they have them a lot around Diwali, obviously. Next up, we have uh, Jess Nappett, who um, has a hot... Jess has started really interesting, because she just appears the fuck out of nowhere. Yeah, and she has a hot air balloon, which is, in actuality... Well, not it's not a hot air balloon. It's many she, balloons. She wanted a hot air balloon. She couldn't get a hot air balloon. So instead, it's like 20 or 30 balloons attached to a hat that is upside down. It's a straw hat, so it looks like a wicker basket inside of which is the task and a little action figure of Alex that drops down out of the sky on a rope that she's holding. Alex wishes he has the skin complexion of very little and, Alex Horn. And delivers the delivers the task to Alex. And then the uh, the balloon just slowly drifts away into the into the distance. It apparently looked a lot better in Jess's head, which I can the most, believe. The first spectacular thing ever to Utter complete silence from an audience, I think. That's yeah, to elicit complete silence from... Elicit, that's the word. And then, uh, finally, we are given Phil Wang, who, you know, you know when he goes last, something bad happened, which is uh, Phil had a younger member American of the production... American Celebrity Taylor Swift appears. It is not American Celebrity Taylor Swift. American it is, Celeb- this it is, is This is our new acronym. Act, American celebrity Taylor Swift. Of course it is. But uh anyway So Axe tells Alex that there's gonna I don't know what she said. She just It's a production assistant and... wearing a Taylor Swift mask who What are you talking about? Opens it was the door who opens the window to the caravan and now <laughs> introduces herself as Taylor Swift and Axe, then American celebrity and Taylor then, Swift. That we we have to do this with every character no, who's along. We did it with Mfok. We, we did it with this one is not a good enough joke for it to stick. I'm gonna be real; it wasn't a great joke. In the same, in Phil's attempt, the better joke. I think we should call this episode acts. The better joke is Phil's Wang bouncing up and down inside his too tight jumpsuit in slow motion as he runs down the driveway. To deliver, don't, as if we'd already seen enough of Phil's Wang, we see even more of it. We we do have to see quite a lot of it. It is in slow motion. 
I don't know what possessed him to wear this. We've been through this literally every episode we talk about this. But he runs up. The task is folded into a paper airplane. And it he throws it through the window where it spectacularly bounces against the side of the window and lands on the couch next to Alex. It's really not great. Um, opening up the task reveals that the from its favorite airplane At least he tried, form, unlike Carrie. Yeah. Well, Carrie tried. Like, we're going to... I'll get into this in a second. Phil but anyway, tried too. But anyway, Phil, um, when you unfold this paper airplane, it's the task with F.U. Acaster written on it. Be- F.U. James Acaster, because apparently this was filmed very early in Phil's block of tasks. And so he wa- he thought there might have been that there was going to be like a feud between him and Acaster that just he forgot about. So this is like a remnant of the feud. But uh, yeah, that didn't happen. And then that is um that is everything. Greg, unsurprisingly, James, what I was gonna say. This, I was gonna say the scores. Oh, I was gonna say we need to coordinate this better. You can. I'll coordinate. You do the scores on the next task, which you're presenting. But uh, but um, Greg gave Carrie last place. Phil got fourth. Jess third, Rod second, and James A. Caster first. Do we want to do the Taskmaster Joe drop? If you have any objections, sure. It's the Taskmaster, and his name is Joe, and he's gonna tell us what we should know. It's Taskmaster Joe. <gasps> okay, go for it. Go for it. So, uh, f- first place, Rod Gilbert, because that is insane, and it should be celebrated. Uh, James A. Caster gets second because you know i kind of thought the fireworks weren't doing a lot but you know it's 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 really good from the uh perspective of everybody else um i'm gonna give carrie and phil both a third place because they weren't actually that bad like everybody wants to say that they're bad, but they're really not. I mean, if some if you walked out of something and there was a, albeit shittily planned, uh, or bus, you know, you know, dollar store Busby Berkeley musical going on outside, you'd at least think it was interesting. And the same thing with, you know, masked person professing themselves to be Taylor Swift you know, heralding the arrival of a paper airplane with a bizarre note on it is, you know, at least interesting. And then uh, Jess's is fourth because it was... You mean fifth? Th- no, fourth. There is no fifth. There, none of them are bad. Jess is just thoroughly underwhelming. It's just thoroughly underwhelming because... But you can still... Again, if somebody like, delivered you something via a cluster of balloons... I I didn't least think that was interesting. This episode is moving painfully slow. I think we should keep going. I think we should too. We are not moving. VZ Task Two. We're only at thirty-eight minutes. <clears throat> oh, but by the way, there was a adapted version of this task in season one, episode two of Taskmaster Portugal. Okay. So, um, VZ Task Two. Make as many white circles on the target as possible. You must not step beyond this rope. You must not move this rope or the target. You have five minutes. Uh, in Phil's case, 20. Your time starts now. So... This is the first mass so- team task. Yes. Thank you for doing my job for me. Um, like Joe said, this is the first mass team task. Can't keep his mouth shut. Um, it was Phil against the other four. And whoever had uh, the most got five points each, if you were on the team. If Phil got the most, he got five. Um, So we'll talk about the team first. Um, There's not really a lot to say about most of them. James just sort of threw some white powder. Kerry splattered yogurt. Um, Rod threw yogurt as well. uh, Then made circles within the target by throwing table tennis balls. Pretty smart things. Uh, I I would like to make a note about what Rod did, which is um, this is an exchange between uh, 
Rod and Alex, <laughs> which is Alex asks, what's the plan with this? As Rod is like scrabbling at the plastic cover on a pint of ice cream. And then Rod goes, oh, you'll see, and immediately throws the pint of ice cream at the target. Like, like not even a a second later, just as like overhand hurls this open pint of goopy ice cream at the target. It's hilarious. That's fair enough. Um, but Jess is the one to talk about the most because she uh, didn't realize or forgot there was a time limit. And all she managed to do was make one <clears throat> long stick in the time. Um <laughs> Bum, bum, so, she, bum, bum. So, <clears throat> so she only made uh, zero circles. Uh, so the other three uh, made 42 combined. So Jess was essentially a handicap, but still. Yeah. Can I also um, make a note that the uh, the theme they had playing while the four of them went at it? I've never heard it before, but it's a very lovely little musical number. Hmm. Okay. But uh, um, it's very nice. It might be the first time it's been in here, but uh, it was quite nice. Phil, uh, what Phil does is he gets uh, jars of whipped cream and mayonnaise, and um, there's a very unfortunate use of the slow-mo where while uh, Phil is uh, spraying the mayonnaise onto the target, uh, he keeps it at crotch height, and as we know, Phil's wang is... I, I like how you think anything that this but was little. anything other than intentionally planned. I mean, you have to get I the, mean, Taskmaster, Taskmaster does to get the money shot, first of all. And, I mean, and in second of all, the champions, they had the bouncing leaf blower at crotch height for Josh. Whittaker. How 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 appropriate it is that Wang is shooting white liquid. That a, don't say that ever again. Oh oh, so you can say all the wildest shit that makes me like go, go what the fuck Emerson, but I, someone who usually is playing the the prude here cannot say anything. I see how this that, is. That's my role on this podcast. You, Jim, you just your role is the one who just can't shut up. Mm-hmm. Keep going. Okay. Um, you're gonna disrupt me, aren't you? You okay? <laughs> he's, he's probably gonna bellow something down the microphone, so I'm just gonna turn my volume down. Um. So the five of them get five points each. And the four of them, sorry, get five points each. And Phil gets absolutely uh, nada. Did you say uh, how uh, how many dots Phil did? Oh, he got 38. And then there's also a good exchange where Phil tries to complain by saying y'all and says y'all while he's complaining. And Alex immediately just picks up on it and says, you know, it's like I he thought... He channeled his inner American... It said and away. says, "Well, wall did count, and no, which is not how you use wall, y'all that that conjugation." But anyways, uh, there is no adapted version of this task. I assume they only. I assume they came up with this task on the spot once they realized what Phil looked like. Fair enough. Mm-hmm. There's one task left, and honestly, this is quite a fun one. I it, think. it it is. Uh, this one, this one, I really liked this one. So, cheer up, this former traffic warden. You have 20 minutes. Your time starts now. So we are introduced to a miserable-looking old Scottish man named Jeff. He is from Campbelltown in Scotland. He is a former traffic warden, and he is he is. To quote him, at the moment, I have a view on the world that's not particularly good. Now, this is in the caravan, so you do get to have the across-the-table interaction, which we get with a perpetual ball of sunshine, Jess Nappet, who just sort of stares in the most defeated and horrified way for a moment as he says this, as, like, you can see, like, like, a, like she has to mentally figure out what the fuck this man just said it's i want to use that as the thumbnail it's uh for this because it's just her staring it's like you can see that like she has no idea how to respond to this but um we we start i'll I'll do my best we start off with uh with carrie and phil together although i'm not really sure why because for the first and you know we clap your hands Uh uh-huh 
But um, for the first time that's, in the entire, does. for the first time in the whole show, Philly, 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 Wang, um, actually does good. He start he, you know, shockingly enough for a comedian, he makes jokes. Um, <laughs> Jeff, Jeff says that he is from Campbelltown, and Phil immediately makes a joke about there being a lot of soup there, which is where the title of this episode come. Immediately gets a laugh. You know, Greg will later say that he would have bet the lives of many important people that that joke would not have landed but it landed great whoa whoa and then that's such a thing to say especially to a someone making a bad joke yeah and then um jeff says that his former boss called him a philistine and phil immediately comes back with and i'm philip wang which again gets a laugh and more more or less uh uh and more or less... Uh, Someone's popular. More or less, he just kills it immediately. So uh, so it's actually, it's uh, very interesting how well it works. Then, um, Indeed. Then, uh, excuse me. Then Carrie, meanwhile, is the exact opposite. Carrie is just not getting it at all. Carrie is just not getting anything out of out of Jeff. Uh, as Greg will point out, she seems like she's actively annoying him. And like she tries to tickle him at one point. And he says, and she's like, maybe your knees are ticklish. And he goes, I've got bad knees. And so she tries to tickle his knees and it doesn't doesn't work. She tries to sing if you're happy and you know it and it doesn't work. So, you know, it just just did not go well. Um, James Acaster is up next. Uh, he actually is doing this with Jess Nappett, but I'll talk about them separately. Uh, James decides that role play is in order. Why? I don't know. But um, it's like, where would you like to go? Where would you like to role play going? Jeff says Tenerife, which is a Spanish territory in the Canary Islands off the coast of Africa, for anybody who doesn't know. Um, he has, uh, James has Alex play Jeff's wife. Uh, the role play holiday includes listening to water, drinking champagne, which Jeff thinks is cider, climbing a ladder to represent a mountain, and then finally lying down on a bed of cushions from the couch in the caravan with his wife under a blanket. And at the end of it, Jeff does laugh at the absurdity of it all, although I personally would like to point out the single best timed moment in the entire fucking show, possibly in all of Taskmaster, is it's the siren. It, yes, isn't it? is it is James A. Caster has Jeff up on the ladder and is trying to say, "You're up on a mountain, away from the hustle and bustle of the city and civilization," and and a siren is playing in the background, and you think that it is like a sound effect being played afterwards like the like the film crew is trying to the edit people are trying to make it look even more stupid than it is and then in the background because jeff is on the ladder they have a high up camera looking over the fence an ambulance drives by and it's just the perfect timing i've never is, yeah. you couldn't you could plan that and it would seem less in less authentic it's amazing but um, then we have uh, then we have Jess Nappett, who is still seemingly undergoing psychic trauma from Jeff's, you know, perpetual downer attitude. So uh, she tries um, forced laughter, which doesn't work. She tries to make Jeff to laugh until he actually just starts laughing. Doesn't work. Um, she gets made progressively more and more miserable by this emotional vampire of a man until he she realizes that Jeff is a proud enjoyer of Schadenfreude, which is the which is the German word for taking enjoyment out of other people's misery. So she then role plays with Jeff as an angry citizen who has gotten their car impounded by Jeff, the traffic warden, and this makes him happy. After he gets gives her a fake one hundred twenty five dollar part two hundred twenty five one hundred twenty five pound parking fine, which he quite enjoyed. Um, then we get 
the absolute genius that is Rod Gilbert. Rod Gilbert, in doing this, has accidentally solved all mental problems in the in the world, which is that Rod Gilbert sits down with with Rod Gilbert, thinking that this is a timed task, tells Jeff to cheer up, and when Jeff said, and then Jeff says, "Okay," Rod goes, "How are you feeling?" better and he just goes stop the clock and leaves this is simply stop being sad i'm sure sure it will work for some people not for everyone have have you considered not being depressed have you considered not being whatever is wrong with you apparently it works if you're a there's there's (laughs) <laughs> there's a very old god i don't even remember what show it is it, this is from like the 70s there was a comedy show that i've been i've seen just this clip which is this woman's trying to this woman comes to a a therapist for she has the fear of being buried alive in a box and his therapy solution is stop it don't be like that or i'll bury you in the ground in a box and this is the same vein, and it's great. I love it. I love it. Um, so we get the scores. Scoring scores. round, yes. Uh, James and Jeff get five. Phil, three. Rod, two. Carry one. Taskmaster Joe, ten. Oh, for God's sake. Every task in this episode is subjective. It's the Taskmaster, and his name is Joe, and he's going to tell us what we should know. It's Taskmaster Joe. <gasps> uh... Phil and Rod, I'm giving joint first. They achieved it through different means, but it's still great. Uh, Jess and James get second because they did it fairly well. Carrie gets fifth place because she did not successfully cheer up this former traffic warden. I think every time I play the jingle this episode, it just gets a little bit faster. Sure. And then we have um, the adapted task. The final one. No, there's an, there are adapted to Listen, man. So... So there was, so this is actually one of the adapted tasks. The first variant was in one of the Edinburgh Fringe shows that was uh, Cheer Up Mark Olver, who is a friend of Alex, who actually, uh, (laughs) who actually was, had his girlfriend recently split up with him, apparently various things sent to him was a book titled How to Commit Suicide Ethically by uh henning venn and then um tim key deposited various tiny amounts of money into his bank account uh somebody else gave him his favorite burger and uh and it's still apparently that did not win which was uh which was very interesting and then the other variation was in a seat then obviously there was this one season seven episode five of taskmaster uk and then Bosti Test season four episode seven was the other one. So, so we've got those dealt with, and then finally on to make yourselves appear as large or as small as possible. I loved this task. This it's one mine to talk was. About, I know, I know. I love this task. I love forced perspective jokes. They're so funny. Okay, so um. Uh, the, the 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 way they introduce this task is great. Well, first of all, um, James again doesn't say hi to Alex, and the Phil and Rod ask him uh, why he doesn't. Yeah, and he just says don't do it because this is the uh, well. He didn't say anything. Also, this is the have the rest of the group task been the boys versus the girls? I can't remember. In this series, yes, they're okay. all the same. I I forgot, but that. they've established that this series is the first ever boys v girls yeah. team task. And they they don't really change the teams mid yeah mid series. I mean mm-hmm. the the last the pink toss the white spots toss doesn't really count as changing teams. Yeah. Um but I think one thing to note is that for the girls the task is very close to the camera, but it looks like it's positioned the uh and but it looks like it's positioned on a stool next to them because of perspective. And it's very tiny. A it's si- a very tiny task. Yeah. yeah. For a the similar thing is to the boys, except it, the task is larger and positioned farther away from the camera, but it still looks like it's about the in the same position as it was 
uh, with the girls. I, I love um, that gag. I love how it is. There's a great scene in an old movie called Top Secret where there's a guy who just walks up to a phone to answer it, and it looks and as he gets closer, the phone is just enormous. It's I I love I love that I love forced perspective jokes. Um, so yeah, I, it, they've got twenty. They have to make themselves look as little or as big as possible. Uh, they have twenty minutes. I love how with most of the more recent tasks, uh, the type of uh, what the sort of theme the task is is uh, foreshadowed in how it's delivered. Okay. You you don't agree? Uh, no, I'm sorry. I I got a text message right as you said something. I didn't hear what you said. I just. You'll you'll hear it back in the edit. Well, could you just say it? Because I I definitely am. I love how the sort of theme or type of task it they usually are is foreshadowed in the way the task is handed to the contestants. Yes, yes, I do. I'm sorry, I totally. So um, yeah. um, Alex introduces the men in a weird way. It's um, it's the ones with the shorter life expectancy, and it it got wanted a weird reaction from me. I don't know, but that's a weird way to introduce a group of people. Joe? Yeah. No, I'm look, I'm sorry. I got a text from work like all of a sudden. So I I was just responding to that. I thought you were going to keep on talking for like another 10 seconds. Well, Alex introduces the team that way, even though I think the life expectancy for men has in the UK at least has got up a little bit uh, since this episode came out. Yep, probably. Uh, Don't don't quote me on that. But here's what they did. Um, There's three flower pots laid out in a row close to the camera. Mm-hmm. And Alex lifts up the farthest flower pot on the right from the of the cam. If you're the if you're looking down the camera, and a uh, tiny little James is under it, and he looks up and Alex says, "Hello, Alex." Uh, Alex tiny does the voice. Same with, yeah, Alex does the same with the far left one, and a tiny little rod is under there, to which he says, "Hello, Alex," in his little Welsh accent. Uh, and Alex goes to pick up the middle plant pot, and hoping to see Phil under there. But Phil is not there. Alex looks up, and there is a giant Phil Wang with a giant Megalodon poking through his shorts. Well, it's not out, obviously. That would be a horrific image. But, okay. You're just going to pause there? Okay. Um, I'm I'm, I'm expecting you to say something. Well, no. You yelled at me over interrupting. But, no, it's... uh, There's also the thud, 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 thud. And And he says, fee-fi-fo-phil. Fee-fi-fo-phil. I love that. Also... Best acting I have seen Alex do in a while is the scream as as Mega Phil steps on him in his Mega Phil would be a good title. Although if Phil's had too many episode title, already had one episode title. Phil, so episode there's title ten episodes. We can do that. Upper Twaddlingham was so good. Though. Oh, then we should do that. Upper Twaddlington on upon fuckwit. But um, anyways, I I do I did love that. And then I loved what the girls did as well. This this was just such mm. a good task. Speaking of the girls, uh, so Jess, uh, the cameras are positioned so Jess and Carrie look uh, massive and uh, f- relatively small, or, or Carrie looks normal size, respectively, or something. It, it could be interpreted, however, Car- Jess is abnormally tall, Carrie is abnormally short. It doesn't really matter. Um, but they passed various objects to each other, so like hula hoops so, and rubber duck. So and Carrie, the portrait um, of Greg. So so tiny Carrie hands large Jess. Actually, normal Carrie hands large Jess a soccer ball, which turns into a miniature soccer ball in the perspective thing, which actually you can see in the white circles task, either Jess or Rod had it. At one point, is one of their circle-making implements. I think Jess, like, grabbed it and then couldn't do anything with it. But it, it showed up earlier this episode. Then yeah. um, then Jess handed down a bangle, which turned into a hula hoop. Then Carrie handed up a giant, a giant rubber duck, which turned into a tiny rubber duck. And then... Jess handed down a tiny picture of Greg, which turned into the gigantic picture of Greg that hangs on the wall 
in the main living room, which then almost crushes and Carrie's asleep Carrie, under it, which almost crushes Carrie. You love doing my job, don't you? I like talking. You should so I talk. just quit the podcast and it's just you. You should talk more. It's All hard for me to talk when I, we record these quite late in the evening and I'm tired. Drink. S- wake up. Do what Rod Gilbert said. Wake up more. Or drink <laughs> 9,000 espressos. Live on coffee, as I sometimes do. 9,000 espressos. Drink so much coffee, that- your heart explodes. Nine thousand espressos would be a good episode title as well. Simply move to the United States and do this in a time zone that is more appropriate for me. Why don't you move here? Because I don't a, want to. A country that's only covered by one time zone. Because you I don't have to worry about anything. Because I have watched British news on my television for many years, and at no point have I ever seen anything that makes me want to live there. I've not seen a lot of stuff that makes me want to live in America. America's better. But the scores are, the boys get three, the girls get two. I hope you don't have any objections. I do. Oh, for great. I think they should (sighs) both tie. It was very good. That you can't. That he has to give up five points. So although no, half, half, po- I am, I, half points have been given out. The taskmaster is God. I think they both should just get three points. If it's if we're giving out three points, if we're giving out like three points to the winners, I think they all should get three. I'm right. not adding the taskmaster Joe theme. You should that, do it, but it's like minor. just really fast forwarded. All right, now the live task. Yes, this one's real. I, I want to just say, go. I swear to God. If you make this longer than it's meant to be, I will buy a plane to Ohio, the most fucked up state in America. No, it's not. I will come round. No, it's it, not come- even close. Close. You think that Ohio is fucked up just because you saw one article in the BBC or something like that. You ain't seen fucking shit. Try Florida, Alabama, Mississippi, Texas, fucking, fucking anywhere in the South holy mother of god those places are actual lunatics but anyways but first this the task task. brief they are standing on the stage they have all been given hard hats hats it is again a team task it is the first live team task on the stage on this st- imagine imagine this was the episode you went to see and the only time the contestants did something on physically in person on stage it's over before you know it, it this this episode this task was very short, short enough that i'm going to mention something about the last test i forgot to do which is that the larger small task had an adapted version in les matres du jeu which is the quebecois taskmaster episode 10 of season one which aired last Last November, it was also in that one specified the contestants had to both appear as large and small as possible. Now, continuing on to this one, they are presented, they are in front of the audience. There is a hanger, a giant hanger hanging in in the stage. Like a coat hanger. Like a coat hanger, uh, specifically one of the wooden ones you use to hang like your uh, dress jackets on. And the task brief is as follows. Taking it in turns, each team must dangle one of these items on the hanger. A different member of the team must dangle each time. Once you've touched one of the items, you must dangle it, and you must dangle with 20 seconds of the previous dangler. The team who doesn't cause the items on the hanger to fall wins. TLDR, if you hang something, you've got to hang something on the hanger's bar, and if you break it, you lose. That's it. So... First up to go is Jess Nappet because Jess has been wearing a like denim overall getup the entire time, and so oh, that reminds me, she looks like um, what's her name, Rosie the Riveter, a little the bit. We can do it, woman. Yeah, she had the headband as well. Yeah, a little so. bit. So she, uh, so she, as she looks the best in the hard hat, she goes first, which means the girls go first. She picks up a mesh bag full of heavy objects. I don't know what they are. Hangs on there. I think it's marbles or something. Probably. Uh, It dang. It's a little big bag, so I don't know. Maybe it's whatever it is. Larger marbles. It doesn't matter. The the bar bends in the middle, but it doesn't fall. Up next, we get uh, Phil Wang, who is not showing off most of his genitalia in this episode, and in in this part of the episode, who picks up a briefcase 
And he apparent he will say afterwards that apparently he thought that like the heavy items had been disguised to look as light ones and vice versa, because that seems like something Alex would do. So the instant he picks up a very heavy briefcase, he realizes this was incorrect, but he's now stuck with it. He hangs the briefcase on the rod. The rod breaks immediately. And well, actually, the rod bends so far it comes out of the side of the hanger and it both fall to the ground. The boys lose. The girls win. Um, and they do like um, fuck you dances to the boys. And they do. And this this task was called an anticlimax, even by like Greg and everyone else. Um, so then we also um, Greg correctly correctly predicted that Rod would make a fat joke. Yes, about him. yes, Rod Rod did make a fat joke about Greg. That was probably the most exciting thing about this time. That yeah, that it was. And then so we go on. Oh, I think they're also all wearing boots, like steel-toed boots that they've been given by the production yeah. staff. Anyways, moving on, um, the boys get no points. The girls both get five. This pushes Jess Snappet into the lead. Jess Snappet wins the uh, episode. Oh, online. She and Carrie are also in joint first place. Yeah, online, it says it's a sack of fruit. So it was fruit in Jess's bag. Yeah. So anyways... Uh, okay. Um, anyway, Jess Nappet wins the episode. Uh, Jess Nappet then goes up on stage and inspects all the various prizes that she's now won. She picks up the weird melted castle thing that that Greg gave to his to Rod's wife, that Rod gave to Rod, Rod's wife gave to Rod, and Rod put up, and she immediately drops it and shatters it. Oosh. I possibly on purpose. But I'd do it on purpose. Anyway, that is the halfway point of the series. Um, when are we coming back? We'll be taking Emerson? a... Um, I'd say in three weeks, maybe. Okay. I think the ideal date... The most ideal date for us to return, like to record again, would probably be April 11th. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, so I'm gonna go. Yes, go to sleep. I'll share this with you. Goodbye, everybody. Right. See you in a bit, guys. Bye. Bye.